1: And 365 day returns.
2: We may not know as many swears as Dedicate Lark, but we do use them more often, so you may not want to listen to this around your own children. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany.
3: And I'm Goodwin.
2: And today we're reading the 13th and final chapter of Briar's book. So
3: grab a box of tissues.
4: <laughs> or your kitty. Uh, or a snuggly blanket.
5: <laughs> and let's pick a birthday.
4: But first, let's talk about death. Death.
2: Chapter 13 of Briar's book starts with Briar and Triss continuing to work with Crane on refining the cure. They're doing so much work that they're sleeping in the air dormitories. After several days, they finally get the cure refined enough to send it to the healers so the healers can start mass producing it. When they get back to discipline, they realize that Rosethorne is very sick. She's got a cough that won't go away and she's having trouble breathing. Briar holds her hand and realizes that her magic is all but depleted. He's certain that she's dying. There aren't any healers available because they're all working on healing the people who have had the blue pox and on making cures. So, Lark says she's going to go track down Moonstream, because Moonstream started as a healer, but she probably hasn't been doing a lot of healing, and so she probably has the strength to help Rosethorn. She tells the kids to watch Rosethorn, and that if Rosethorn should die, don't follow her, you idiots. So, of course, on Briar's (laughs) side, she falls asleep and wakes up to Rosethorn gasping. As he feels her slipping into death, he follows her as, like, an afterthought, sends a vine out to his shotgun to ground him. The girls hear the commotion. They come running in and grab onto Briar as he's diving after Rosethorn to make this chain of magic to keep him grounded in the world of the living. Briar goes into... This afterlife finds Rosethorn in this super incredible tangled garden that would take a lifetime to fix up and make nice again. Briar tries to get Rosethorn to come with him. Rosethorn tells him, no, it's my time. This wasn't what I expected and it wasn't exactly what I wanted maybe, but I am dead and this is where I'm meant to be. And you are meant to be alive, so you need to go home. Briar says, no, I refuse because I love you too much to be able to live without you. When she continues to refuse to follow him, he plops himself down on the ground and he says, okay, then I'm just going to stay with you. Finally, Rosethorn says, okay, but you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And he says, I would expect nothing less. They pull Rosethorn out of death. Rosethorn is basically fine at that point, except having had a seizure and lost air, part of her brain has gone dead, and she doesn't have the ability to speak. Two months later, she has regained the ability to speak. Things are more or less back to normal. The kids are lounging on the roof with Shriek. Nico comes up to talk to them. They have this lovely little conversation about how the previous year has been not at all like they expected. Sandry notes that it is a year to the day that she and Tris arrived at discipline, and so it is the birthday of the circle. The rest period ends. Sandry, Tris, and Daja all return to their respective teachers to continue their lessons, Briar is sitting on the roof. As Rosethorn calls to him from her garden, he realizes the day that he wants to celebrate his birthday is the day that she first called him into her garden. And that's the end of the Circle of Magic Quartet. Do we start with section 0.75? Yes. It's hopefully the last time we're going to do section 0.75.
4: What in this chapter reminded you guys of our actual lives? Basically, just what we were talking about when he says it's been a year. Well, it's been a year for coronavirus for it's us. Yeah. Really that long for them, for their virus, but it's been a whole year of crazy shenanigans for them that just really resonated with me, coronavirus being a year long for us.
2: I feel like Nico really sums up 2020 very well when he says, I never thought to endure earthquakes, pirates, forest fires, and plagues.
5: Yeah. Yeah. He
2: didn't either.
5: It's (laughs) been insane. I had something right in the beginning that I hope happened. Not crossing my fingers because can you really trust the government? When Crane sent, Briar at Chris's home right in the beginning of the chapter. He said that they were going to have meetings of what they could have done better, oh, yeah. um, responding to the virus, if there was anything they could have changed, how it could have started. I hope that we get some sort of, you know, once everything's kind of settled down and the vaccine is out there and more people are getting it and it's safe to be out and about again, that we can maybe do some investigating to see why the government response was so spotty initially you know just just me me and my hopeless hopeless optimism
2: i really appreciate your hopeless optimism goodwin i really do Same. Um. part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice this is where we talked about what we liked and didn't like about the
5: chapter
3: death lots and lots of death
5: Feels bad, man.
3: Um, I mean, I guess <laughs> I volunteered myself to go first by accident. I volunteer as
2: tribute.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, death. Lots and lots of death. Was that a like or a dislike? It's painful. It hurts. It's painful. But it's such good writing. It's such good writing. It's a like and a dislike with the whole like Briar's like, Yeah, Lark said not to do this. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> the part that I do like is the who anchors and then Daja's response of who always anchors. I
2: love that. <laughs> who else anchors? Duh. <laughs> I, I Dah.
3: I do too. And and she is she is that rock. I mean, we've seen it a couple of times in this book and I know we've seen it a lot more in the series is she's just so strong and such a huge grounding for the rest of them.
2: I also want to point out that in that scene, she shoots her magic into the ground and it forms a root system. So we also have the returning to the theme of roots for her.
3: Yes.
5: Bit of a, bit of a callback.
3: Yeah. It's really nice. Really good writing. Yeah. Lots of pain. Really good writing.
2: Everything about this chapter is just, like, pulling the whole quartet back together. Yeah.
3: The fact that Briar talks about Roselorn's favorite flower. I have feelings about that. Honestly, that whole scene following that where Briar's, like, itching to help because this is such a huge undertaking and he's like, ooh yay challenge and Sandra's and girl,
2: response
3: <laughs> not this challenge <laughs> <laughs> this like is the conversation where Briar is like come home come with me, come home because that's a, that's a painful conversation because Rose Thorne has the point it's my time like i i can't the like of that is the last bit with i like you boy i love you and i'm dead that's that there is so much about that that makes me emotional cuz this is like the first time she's been like i love you kid and then within the same breath is and i'm dead <laughs> it's so painful The scene I've been wanting to talk about since we started this was the scene where Briar's just like, all right, I'll stay and help. And he is so ready to just sacrifice everything. And he's talking about everybody's going to be sad and I'm sorry for that, but I would rather stay here because I have nothing else if I don't have you.
5: Ooh,
3: hold on <laughs> I, I've had a moment where I've thought like that I have nothing else I have you and if I don't have you then nothing else matters it's such a difference from the first time we see Briar in a to this scene particularly because in the first one he's terrified of her <laughs> absolutely terrified thinks. She's never going to like me, and because she's never going to like me, we're never going to be close, and she will always just hate me because I'm an annoying child. To now, where Briar's like, I will give up everything because nothing else matters. That love and devotion that he has to her, it's just so much.
5: (laughs) What a difference a year makes, right?
3: The growth that he's gone through has a lot to do with Rose Thorn. Over the last year, the way she's treated him has changed so much. I mean, even if she's still snarky and grumpy, he's learned that she's got a lot of bark. And while she does bite, it's not... As bad as it
4: seems, she's exactly what he needed, though. Because if he would have, oh yeah, another teacher, he's
5: he's way, way too rambunctious. Like, imagine Nico trying to control briar (laughs) 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 No, we've seen that. That's a joke. Yeah, he tried, but mm.
2: didn't do too well. It took him and four other guys just to get him into a
4: bath. Yeah, exactly. And
2: that was before
4: he, you know, was on a decent diet. I'm sure he would just use a lot of manipulation to get...
3: Food manipulation.
4: Now, like, here, I'll let you have this if you do what I want.
5: Yeah, it'd be a bribery kind of of deal.
4: (laughs) And see,
3: whereas Nico had to bribe Briar with food. If I have to do this, we don't get this kind of food. It's either chill out or...
5: No chicken nuggets.
3: you, you see how food obsessed he is because he yeah, didn't yeah. have it. And Rosethorn is like, you will never go hungry. You might miss a meal, but you will never, ever have to worry about food again. There is such a difference there. And that actually is one of the first scenes where we see that Rosethorn isn't as closed off and non-touchy as she comes across because that's the first one where he hugs her yeah i was gonna
2: say it's also the first scene where we see briar less closed off
3: yeah there is such a relationship there that is it always healthy no (laughs) we we definitely see that in this whole conversation where Honestly, yeah, Briar does use that kind of manipulation of, you don't love me if you don't do this. But at the same time, he's 10. He is 10 years old, and he is losing the one person that he genuinely loves. He, like, admires her. He respects her so much. And he's 10! He's losing that. <laughs> the uh, you'll regret this for the rest of your life.
2: <laughs> and his response.
3: Yep. I know.
2: <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't want it any other way.
3: Um, We see Lark in the aftermath afterwards where this is one of the times we see Lark actually furious about this. She's also very relieved, but that, that fear makes her angry, and you can tell the reaction she has to that anger and that fear is come here. I'm mad at you, but come here.
2: <laughs> I love the bit where tris says to her your eyes are wet yeah and i think it's it hits so much harder that it's said like that and it's not that somebody says she's crying and we didn't get it from the narrator it's just like tris in this sort of groggy kind of surprised why are your eyes wet yeah because the kids still don't fully understand their relationship with these adults
5: or at that point, even like the implication of what they just did.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah.
5: I don't know if they understood just how yeah. dangerous that was.
3: There actually is the conversation with Moonstream shortly after. I don't know how that happened, but that happened. And like the kids are like, "Well, we know how it happened, but we're not going to tell you." <laughs>
4: but Moonstream doesn't want to know.
3: Anyone?
5: She doesn't want to know. He's
4: yeah, so
3: she's
5: just like, uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. Don't yeah. ever talk about this. This didn't happen. It's not, it's, it's, don't ever bring it up again.
3: This This shouldn't happen and this won't happen again, kind of conversation. <laughs> like,
4: super freaked out.
3: Like, yeah. Every, well, everybody was. Yeah. Everybody was. The conversation of, I didn't expect to go through all of these things with you guys. It's just, Mood. I love that. Because when you when you start out the book, you start out in a plague. Sandry's book starts with a plague and we end with the end of a plague. It's a circle. <laughs> it's just a circle.
5: Oh my God.
3: <laughs> and then the conversation of or the uh, birthday conversation. There we go, if we're getting to it. The birthday conversation. Where Briar's like, oh, the girls are going to be pissed, but tomorrow's my birthday, so. <laughs> <laughs> Does
2: that just, make him the youngest or the oldest of them?
3: It could go either way. To be because honest. We
2: we know that the girl we know that the girls are ten. Somewhere in there it gets stated yeah. that the girls are ten. And we assume that Briar's more or less the same age. Which means that at the beginning of this book, when Sandry says we've all had our birthdays, they're now eleven. So did he turn eleven the day he arrived, or is he turning eleven the next day?
3: I like to think he's the youngest. Me too. I don't know
2: why, but I've always imagined he's the little I girl. just
3: I I love it with this he's the little brother, but he also does kind of act like the big brother, and he teases them, but he's ready to fucking throw hands if anybody messes with them.
2: But I think that's and, true for all of them.
3: Well, yeah. Little brothers are less likely to be ready to throw hands. Fair enough. Older brothers. Older br- brothers are always ready to throw it. I would know,
4: <laughs> as the older brother. <laughs> My first one is when Briar is complaining to Tris. He's like telling her, why couldn't Crane just come out and say what he meant? And Triss is like, I thought he did. And he's like, oh, here, no help. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. He said it plainly. Come on, man. I think most of mine have already been touched on. But my next one is when Rose Thorn tells Briar that he's going to regret this for the rest of his life. (laughs) Like, it almost seems like a challenge to her. Like, I'm going to make your life hell. And he's like, (laughs) bring it on.
5: Let's go. He's
4: just ready.
5: It's, it's, wor- it's worth it to him.
4: And everyone else is going to be like, oh, and he's just going to be like, oh, Birds of Spring. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> um, And then the conversation with Nico. was just so sweet. We already read it last week, though, when we talked about how we thought, me and Goodwin were like, oh, well, that sounds like a perfect ending. But then there's an actual perfect ending. It's so good. That's when... Briar decides his birthday and he says his life began when Rose Thorn had invited him into her world. I was like, oh, I started bawling. I I was like, oh, it's so perfect. I
2: know. Uh. I know. There's so much symbolism there because it is almost like a literal birth. You know, a birth is a woman bringing a child into the world. And so it is her bringing him into this new world. Are you crying yet? I mean, I've
3: already cried, so... I'm just continuing.
2: <laughs> I want to talk about Sandry's reaction to all of this. Because she hears Rosthorn choking... And goes to find Briar, and he's going, he's already gone... He, she just grabs onto the tail end of him. But there's this little paragraph where she has feelings almost as strong as Briar's. Like I have lost my parents. I have lost my um, nurse who was like a second mother to me. I cannot lose another parent and I cannot lose my brother. Yeah. <laughs> And I I kind of actually wish that we'd gotten that from Tris and Daja, because I wonder what kind of things might have been going through their heads on that front. I mean, we we really did get that from Tris and Daja, in a sense, in their books. So maybe it's unnecessary. I really like the mention of the chair being uncomfortable. And Briar says, like, I figure Lark picked it for that reason. That little detail is just, like, so heartbreaking. And the line, if a whisper had a body.
3: God, that writing.
2: (laughs) uh, Right, right. A lot of this chapter for me, though, is how well she pulls everything together. From earlier in the book as well as from earlier in the series. So we have, when Rosethorn has a seizure... And he's like, oh, he's thinking, oh, she she has a seizure. She's having a seizure. Pierce set us up for that in the first couple of chapters. Yeah. And then at the end of the story, when Rosethorn is calling to Briar, he says, like, what's the chore? She says, it's summer. It's weeding. It's always weeding. That's a line that he has earlier in the series where he says weeding. It's always weeding. Mm-mm. On top of that, like the second to last paragraph is her calling him by his name and she's like briar and when she first calls him into her garden in sandry's book she calls him boy and he's like my name's briar and so all of these things are getting pulled back and even he says he didn't want to waste the light you never knew when you'd need it and not have it. And that even goes back all the way to Sandry's book and yeah. this concept of light and darkness. She pulled everything into this and wove it into this last chapter. I honestly think that all of that and and just how tight and how perfect this last chapter is is why I have always loved this book so much, because this is still one of my favorite books out of all 11. And I I think that's why, just how well she pulled everything together in these last few pages. Uh, The last thing I'm gonna bring up, because we need some joy in here, is I love when they're on the roof, Shriek is on the chimney with them, and Little Bear is waking down below. Like, waiting for them to come back.
5: So sad.
2: He's so cute. Like,
3: but it's but cute. I want love, too. Why can't I go up there? It's
5: not his fault he can't climb ladders. you right. I like the description uh, when Briar's down looking for Rose Thorn in the afterworld, whatever, the, the upside-down places. Um, it was talking about how um, the Shakan was described as patient. Yes. This has an old tree, like, because we know that he clung on to it. It was like the last thing he thought of before jumping in. You can understand that like Sandry and Triss are like freaking out, but the shotgun is just kind of like there. And it's, it has that patience of an old tree. It's just waiting there, waiting for him to get back. And it'll, it'll still be there. Also, when Briar's down there, he uh, understands that there is stuff down there that can give him basically unlimited knowledge into anything he really wants or at least that's the temptation that's down there that he can understand anything if he just reaches out and, and, and stays there and but he he surpasses that because his willpower is is just so focused on rose sword that he says tempt someone else and i thought that was just uh this chef kiss
3: that's good it's
5: so good like it got me hype i was like yes Fuck all that, fuck unlimited knowledge. Go go get your mom back. One of my last ones uh was Lark telling the kids to go fetch a healer while she goes looking for Moonstream. But she she says, you know, if Rosehorn gets worse, get a healer and do whatever possible to bring them here as a threat. Not 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 asking. It's like you tell them to get over here.
2: You drag their ass. <laughs> you, dra-
5: <laughs> you fucking bring them here whatever it takes. We all know that Lark doesn't threaten people on the regular, unlike Rosethorn. So it's serious, it's it's serious. And Daja, just her calm, cool demeanor, she's like, we'll do it regardless of what we gotta do. Like it's, there was a threat there too. And it was, mm. Yeah, I love it when Daja gets spicy y'all.
2: <laughs> the part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. Tell us, Goodwin, what theme did you find?
5: The theme that I found was uh, using what you learned. I felt a lot of that in this chapter. Dasha, as always, when when Tris asks, "Hey, who can who can anchor us?" and she's like, "You really got to ask." You know, it's me. She takes that like her her energy and you know plants it like a like a like a metal tree spread some roots in the ground to anchor everyone down so they don't float off into hell or wherever briar uses his magic to enhance the willow bark tea trying to get um rose thorn a little better but he knows that if he gives her too much or enhanced it too much, it could make things worse. So he does it in moderation, which I thought was really smart. He, he immediately jumped after Rose Sword as soon as he realized what was happening to her. She was she was dying, but he still anchored himself to the tree before he jumped off. He didn't just go blindly into the void. He kind of did, but at least he, he gave himself a little bit of a, a help there. And his knowledge of knowing what a seizure was, and we kind of talked about this earlier, you brought it up, Molly. It was already kind of set up earlier in this book where A seizure happens. He then learned what a seizure was, exactly what's going on. He he was aware of what that was and what was happening almost immediately.
2: See, I just went for the obvious. My theme is death. (laughs) Although, honestly, I wrote death, love, and grief, because those things are all tied into one another. And this chapter of this book is a really good example of why death is hard for us to deal with, because... Because loving somebody that much, it's hard to let
4: them go.
3: I was going to say, I have the complete opposite of that, Molly. Rebirth. I mean, we see it in the kids themselves. There's a lot of callbacks to how they were in the first book or in their respective books. There's a lot of callback to that, to the point where they are now. They're completely different while being the same. There's there's rebirth there discipline has given them that other life and they kind of touch on that a little bit briar is the most obvious in this and i do feel like one of the big overarching themes in briar's entire story like i mean just him is rebirth but we we see it when he talks about oh well this is the first day that rose thorn called me in you know, that's when my life began. And so there's that symbolism of rebirth there. They brought Rosethorn back. That's not necessarily rebirth, but it kind of, sort of.
4: Well, I mean, she did technically die. So. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of rebirth and renewal. We we see this coming in on spring is when this is happening, which is a huge rebirth symbolism in
5: Mm.
3: like I mean just in general like spring is about
5: cultures basically
3: yeah spring is about renewal and rebirth and that second life that was the big thing for me I mean if you would have asked me like two weeks ago (laughs) that wouldn't have been what I said but there there's a lot of that in it this time around.
4: Well, for me, it was love. There's just a lot of love being shown in this chapter. Lark loving Rose Thorn to where she's threatening people to come to her aid. The kids loving Rose Thorn so much that they dive in after her to keep her alive. Briar basically bribing Rose Thorn to stay because he loves her so much. Briar picking his birthday because of his love of Rosethorn is just I was gonna
3: say the the scene where Lark goes to get up to talk to the kids outside the room, not to wake Rosethorn, and Rose Thorn just kind of like reaches out and grabs there's so much love that Rosethorn has for her, for Lark, and you can kind of tell is she's trying to reassure mark and it's just
4: uh well, the scene with Nico too when he was, saying yeah. he was expecting all this stuff with the kids and they taught him all this stuff of love basically like I didn't expect to love you guys as much as I do there's so He's, much
2: going on
4: I love his line about how he forgot
2: that we should never stop learning
5: I was gonna say, I figured that'd be an important one for you, Molly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So part three, reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic did you guys craft out of this chapter?
4: Usually, step two is the hardest for me, and then this chapter—this is the step that was the hardest for me this time around. I guess mine for this chapter would be: even if your friends do crazy shit, be with them to the end of that crazy shit. So, yeah. literally,
5: <laughs> jump off a cliff after them. Literally,
4: yes. like, <laughs> I'm there. Let's do it. Let's do it.
3: Either die or
4: die yeah
3: that is the definition of ride and die <laughs> <laughs> i have two there is the line they would know as he did that his life began when rose thorn had invited him into his world your life changes because of the people that you're around whoever you're around your life has always changed and so, I mean, for some people, it's the be- for the better. Some people, it's for the worst. But I know that with me, up until I met all of you guys, it, my life has not been as great as it could have been. And because of you guys, my life is so much better.
5: <laughs> oh,
3: so there's your gay feelings.
5: Thanks <laughs> for gonna, that
3: give you that I'm having feelings y'all have to deal with them
2: (laughs) well I'm full of gay feelings too then um well the the first thing I pulled out was um he didn't want to waste the light either you never knew when you'd need it and not have it and having lost my dad recently like this is something my mom and I've been talking about a lot especially because people have been contacting us and saying like oh, I was so surprised to hear that he died. I'm so sorry. And and they tell us all these wonderful things about him, how he impacted their lives. We've both just kind of been like, we, we wish that he was here just so we could tell him these things. You guys know that around Lent, although I haven't really done it during quarantine because quarantine is just mushed all the days together. But you guys know that around Lent, I often write letters to people I care about. And I, that was, I don't want to say like, that's why I started doing it, but th- it's really hit me about like, that's, that's kind of, this has been my opportunity to do that, of to actually like, be honest with people and say like, look, you're, you're really important to me. And this is why, sorry, Brittany, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do love you guys. And it. It's weird because like when you tell people that there's there's a way in which that it, it feels kind of like sappy and, and I think that's part of the reason that writing letters helps because something about putting it in writing and delivering it that way makes it feel a little less like I love you <laughs> like I don't know but yeah even even like talking to my mom and saying like I love you when we say goodbye just the last few weeks has been it's it's been different. Like the way we talk to each other has been different. But Goodwin brought up the the patience of the Shackan. And that's the other thing that really hit me. I, I don't know how to describe it, but the, the Shackans like, it's old, it's been through this, it's it's seen life and death. And in a sense it's aware of like this is kind of the cycle of things. It's not like worried about Briar there's sort of a, a quiet acceptance there. And I think it's weird to say like, and and I think the tree like trusts that he's going to see Briar again or it's going to see Briar again. But like the, there almost is this, I, I know that, that not everybody believes in like an afterlife and that they'll see their loved ones again, but maybe of this... Returning to them in the sense that like your molecules will eventually come in contact again or something like that. I don't know. I I want to, to develop that kind of patience and calm that, that comes with the understanding of this sort of cycle and how things come and, and things circle back around. I think I may have actually interrupted Indy with all that.
3: I was just going to say the scene where, Lark is like, I'm very upset with you and is like just still reaching and
0: yeah.
3: loving and caring. I know that personally I have, my anger sometimes gets the best of me. And I don't always react with the, I'm upset with you, but I want you to know I still love you. Like I kind of assume that people... No, oh, you know, I'm mad. I'm going to be mad for the next five minutes and then everything is going to be fine. But just that even when you're upset with somebody, you you love them and you still make sure that they know that you love them. That that is something I need to work on. So.
2: I find that really interesting because you know, we talk about how you are our Briar and you are our Rosethorn. And when Briar goes and talks to Rosethorn, you know, he's thinking, I'm not good enough for her. She's not gonna say for some street rat kid. And he really feels like this is this is her way of of telling him that she doesn't love him. He's not important, he's not important enough. And we also know that Rose Thorne is not very open about showing her affection. It makes me wonder, like, if he'd have felt that way if she had been more open about showing that affection. If she had been more consistent or more frequent about saying, I love you, you are important to me, then would it have been easier for him to accept her death?
5: You know, that kind of opens, for me at least, like kind of another... Can of worms is that all these kids have gone through a ton of trauma before they even moved on
3: through hell.
5: <laughs> yeah. But before they even moved into the into the temple. And then it only got worse. <laughs> 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 I
1: just, don't
5: I don't I don't think they had a bunch of trained psychiatrists, you know, at the temple to talk to these kids about what happened before and then pirates fire. And the play. I can't imagine, you know, what they have gone through. So, you know, Briar having that reaction, just doing anything he can to keep Rose Thorn makes sense.
3: All they have is each other. They have been through hell, they have had miserable, awful, terrible lives, and then they get thrown together and everything just gets worse. But all they have is each other to depend on. I think losing it, it, losing anybody in that kind of connection is it's devastating.
5: Molly kind of stole mine.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll,
5: I'll give, I'll give it to you, Molly. Uh, But actually it's, it's the same quote. It was kind of a different take on it more for me personally. Don't waste your daylight, cherish the time that I have with my family and friends um, or spend it bettering myself. Just, I need to convince myself to start doing more productive stuff.
2: Though also remember that one of, one of the things we learned in the last chapter was that it's important to rest because I think one of the problems, I don't know about you personally. um, I think that one of the problems that some people face and I'm probably one of them is like finding a way to strike that balance between like, I need to like improve myself and do more with my life, but also like taking the time to rest and go, you know what? I'm going to play video games for two hours and that's okay.
5: (laughs) That's true. No mood. Uh, It might just be this past week, but I've just been like not doing all that much. And I'm, I'm feeling like I need to get up and do something else. So that's just, that's just for me personally. Like this has just been like, I don't have anything to do.
2: Since this is the last episode of the book. We are not actually going to read an excerpt because we will be saving that for next week when we do our uh, recap episode for the book and we get to hear Brittany and Goodwin's predictions.
3: Oh, God, I'm so stoked.
5: I'm so excited.
2: Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly,
4: Brittany, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like
3: listening, tell your enemies.
5: Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at circle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
2: You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr.
4: And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at ShannonAndDraws. Also,
3: thanks to Britton's brother, Thomas Stick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Stick on SoundCloud.
5: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening.
2: Let's all have coffee next week.
4: I miss Big Snake, too. (laughs) That's no for me.
3: Well, he's in Daniel's room now, so he's on the far end of the
4: house. You come over. He's in the... No, there's a snake in the house. Nope. He's in Daniel's room. It's still in the house. Nope.
3: He's, He's not smart enough to figure out how the cat door works.
4: Snake... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Just
3: he is a super anxious creature oh. he doesn't really like people so he stays in his spot um I
4: don't like snake
3: <laughs> he's only 12 foot Brittany, I don't know why you're stressed out about it. Over he's
4: only double my
3: <laughs> height. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. He's super, like, when he's not anxious, he's actually super cool.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.